0: From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. For week commencing September
1: 14, 2014. This is Graham VK4BB and the WIA National News, and we're certainly glad you're still able to join us. And glad that we're still here to bring you WIA National News. You see, last Sunday, September 7, a house-sized asteroid named 2014RC flew through the Earth-Moon system approximately just 40,000 kilometres from our planet. At closest approach, the space rock was almost inside the orbit of Earth's geosynchronous satellites. Fade to black. Community television channels in Australia will be forced from the airwaves and onto the internet under new government plans to reclaim and resell the spectrum currently used to broadcast their services. Community channels, including Brisbane's Channel 31, Melbourne's Channel 31 and TVS in Sydney, have until December 31 next year to switch their broadcasts to the internet. The switch-off forms part of new government plans to reallocate the spectrum from the sixth channel, which is primarily used for the broadcast of community TV services, so that it can be used by free-to-air television broadcasters or alternatively, sold off to telcos, such as Telstra and Optus, who are keen to get more spectrum to improve their mobile phone services and deliver even faster 4G download speeds. To commemorate Anzac 100, a series of articles is appearing in amateur radio magazine written by WA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV, and they are well worth reading. Now, let's take a brief look at what the newspapers reported early in World War I. The Sydney Morning Herald on 14th of November 1914 reported that Senator Long of Tasmania was informed by the Minister for Defence that the Australian-owned Shaw Wireless Works and Station was now under military guard. The newspaper report from the Senate also said that the business of amalgamated wireless a collaboration of Marconi and German Telefunken, was treated similarly. Then the Argus newspaper on the 23rd of September 1915 reported that convictions were made under the Trading with the Enemy Act. The Argus reported that at the Sydney Central Police Court, the magistrate fined amalgamated wireless Australasia Limited and individuals of a breach of the Act. It had entered into an indenture of a licence from the German Telefunken Company. On Sunday, 23rd of November this year, the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society will be holding a Welcome to Amateur Radio Symposium. The purpose of the symposium, to discuss the basics of the hobby of amateur radio.
2: During the day, there will be 16 short, 20-minute presentations, concluding with a general question session. Topics will include the history of ham radio, operating legally and the model QSO, the DX Code of Conduct, Ham Jargon, QRZ.com, APRS, the DX Cluster, Contesting and Chasing Awards, QSL Cards, Electronic Logging Programs, Antenna Basics, Blogs, Wordpress and YouTube, Demystifying the Learning of Morse Code, Summits on the Air, Operating QRP, the VK5 National Conservation Parks Award and the Worldwide Flora and Fauna Programme. The day is designed to cater for all amateurs, new and old alike. There will be something for everyone. The venue is the Blackwood Community Centre at Young Street, Blackwood. Doors will open at 8.30am with a welcome by Tony, VK5KAT, the AHA's President at 8.45am, followed by the first presentation. The day will conclude at 4pm. The cost is $5, which is an exceptionally good price. Please wear your call sign badge so others know who you are and please RSVP to Paul VK five Papa Alpha Sierra by no later than Monday the seventeenth of november twenty fourteen so that suitable catering and seating can be arranged. RSVP to SIMOPA at iprimus dot com dot AU or mobile 0410. Six eight seven double nine eight. Again the date is Sunday the 23rd of November 2014 At the Blackwood Community Centre And please RSVP No later than 17th of November Thanks for listening I'm Paul VK5PAS On behalf of the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society
1: Across Australia From VK1WIE you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In southeast Queensland, it can be heard on VK4WIG on frequency 146.700 MHz at 9am every Sunday. I'm Bryn, VK4GF.
3: Hello, I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. It's about time that people got an idea of what it takes to support this hobby. Now, I don't intend to go too deep, but just to get you to read a letter, posted online by Phil Waite, BK2ASD, the WIA president. Have a look on wia.org.au news events. Now, this is a document aiming to provide discussion of the needs of amateur radio in Australia for the future. As you're aware, the LCDs expire next year, and work has begun on securing a regulatory framework that will serve over the next several years. What I would like is for all of us to consider the detail and the time that this letter represents. It's not simply a thank you note sent by email. This is a formal submission explaining the position of technology and the evolution of the hobby. from now and to come. The research just to compile the charts with the letter represents many hours of work. And how many of our fellow amateurs put their heads together to get this down on paper? How many hours are behind this one letter that have taken people away from rag-chews, contests or soldering irons? Just think. Then look at the suggestions for the expansion of license conditions for you and me. This is our WIA, serving the amateur community. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you?
4: International News with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Texas man accused of assault and criminal mischief to ham radio operator. An Austin, Texas man is facing assault charges after police say he tossed a drone aircraft and an amateur radio transceiver over the fence because he was tired of his neighbour getting in his head. According to the arrest affidavit filed by Austin police, the man stormed into Kilo Echo 5 Whiskey Romeo Uniforms yard, making gestures indicating he was looking to fight. Supposedly, he first broke the radio's antenna and then headbutted him. At this point, KE5WRU went inside his home from where he watched as the accused allegedly threw a Yaesu transceiver and personal DJ Phantom drone over the fence causing an estimated $4,000 in damage. The man told officers his neighbour was using the equipment to spy on him and using triangulation to speak to him in his head. He was taken into custody and booked on charges of assault, causing bodily injury and criminal mischief. At last report, he was still being held in lieu of $10,000 bail. Are we running out of radio frequency space? As demand for new mobile services grow, can the UK's, let alone the globe's limited radio frequencies, keep up with technological development? Or will there be a serious shortage of RF space in the very near future? The last 15 years have seen an explosion of mobile technologies, smartphones, TV channels, wireless internet and mobile data, all requiring a chunk of the mobile spectrum. But with a relative finite amount of space, how much more can it hold? Broadcasters sue the FCC over spectrum auction rules. The US broadcast community has sued the Federal Communications Commission over rules for an upcoming spectrum reallocation bid. Next year's auction, which was ordered by Congress, forces the FCC buy back portions of what is now Broadcast Spectrum and then resell it to wireless broadband providers. National Association of Broadcasters argues that the FCC rules for next year's auction would allow fewer people to access the -the over-the-air stations, at the same time forcing broadcasters to spend hundreds of millions of dollars in a process known as repacking. Repacking is a fancy way of saying that stations would have to once again change frequency and in some cases may have to share a channel with other broadcasters. Ofcom Consultation. Licence changes from April 2015. UK regulator Ofcom has published a 32-page proposal covering possible changes to the UK Amateur Radio Licence. If approved, these could come into effect from April 2015. Among the changes are dropping the regional secondary locators, M for Scotland, W for Wales, etc., except for intermediate, access to 470 kHz and 5 MHz for full licensees without an NOV. The consultation runs from now until the 20th of October 2014. Make sure your devices are charged. If you're planning a trip by air to the United States, you will want to make certain that the batteries in any electronic device you plan to carry with you are charged and ready to demonstrate to the TSA, as we hear from Amateur Radio Newsline Cheryl Lassick, K9BIK.
5: The TSA recently published an announcement stating that passengers boarding flights to the United States from certain overseas airports will need to prove that all electronic devices they plan to take with them on board a flight can be powered up. Part of the text of the announcement says that the Secretary of Homeland Security has directed TSA to implement enhanced security measures at certain overseas airports with direct flights to the United States. It says that, as the traveling public knows, all electronic devices are screened by security officers. During the security examination, officers may also ask that owners power up some devices, including cell phones. Powerless devices will not be permitted on board the aircraft. The traveler may also undergo additional screening. The announcement goes on to say that the TSA will continue to adjust security measures to ensure that travelers are guaranteed the highest levels of aviation security, conducted as conveniently as possible. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Cheryl Essick, K9BIK reporting.
6: International Amateur Radio Union Region 1 reports that Moldavia has signed the Pan-European CEPT Novice and Class 1 Amateur Radio License Agreement. The CEPT Radio Amateur Class 1 corresponds to the United States Extra and United Kingdom's Advanced and Full Licenses. The CEPT Novice License is closely compatible to the United States General and United Kingdom Intermediate License. There is also a CEPT entry class license, which equate to the United States Technician and United Kingdom Foundation classes. However, Moldavia is not joining in that entry-level system at this time. CEPT, which is an English acronym for the European Conference of Postal and Telecommunications Administration, was established in 1959. Among its duties is the administration of a universal licensing system that permits radio amateurs in a given member nation to receive reciprocal operating privileges in that of other member nations.
0: A news report out of Japan says the asteroid mission called Hayabusa 2, with a plan launched this December, will also carry the amateur radio satellite. Amateur Radio Newsline's Heather MB, KB3-TZD, has the details.
7: XININ-2 will be among the first ham radio satellites going into orbit outside the influence of Earth's gravity. The relatively small bird will be put into an elliptic orbit around the Sun and travel to an orbit between Venus and Mars. Its inclination will be almost zero degrees, which means XININ-2 will stay in the Earth's equatorial plane. Its distance from the Sun will be between 0.7 and 1.3 astronomical units. An astronomical unit is 149,597,871 kilometers which equals to about 92,955,807 miles. Looking at its technology, Shinan-2 is described as a polyhedron measuring 490 by 490 by 475 millimeters and weighing in at 17 kilograms. It was built in Japan by students at Kyushu Institute of Technology and carries a Mode-J linear transponder for amateur radio communications along with CW and WSJT beacons. The satellite will operate on 437.505 MHz for its CW beacon and 437.385 MHz for the WSJT telemetry. The inverting CW and SSB transponders will uplink on 2 meters from 145.940 to 145.960 MHz using lower sideband. The downlink will use 435.280 to 435.260 megahertz on upper sideband. All in all a very ambitious project for ham radio in space. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Heather Emby, KB3TZD reporting.
8: Those stories from
0: the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WYA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6-ITF. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at WIA.org.au
9: Operational News on Felix VK for a FUQ Dateline twenty fourteen. Manly will Ring Radio Society's Flowpole Contest september twenty. Amateur Radio's International Air Ambulance Week, 9 days from September 28. Oceania DX Contest Phone, 0800 Hours UTC, Saturday, 4th October, to 0800 Hours UTC, Sunday, October 5. Oceania DX Contest CW, 0800 Hours UTC, Saturday, 11th October, to 0800 Hours UTC, Sunday, October 12. In this The Operational News segment, many of our new friends in amateur radio tend to think contesting is a bit beyond their ability, or contesting is not for me. In talking to some of those people, it's clear contesting as an activity is not really understood. On VK6FLAB, joins us with a great dummy's guide
8: to contesting report. I'm not going to talk to you about how much fun it is, and it is, or how much you learn, because you do, or winning, because you can. I'm going to talk about the mechanics of contesting. At its heart, contesting is nothing more and nothing less than making a contact between two stations and exchanging some information and getting points for the effort. How that precisely works depends entirely on the contest itself. On a typical contest, the exchange is the readability and signal strength, which in most contests is 5 and 9, followed by a serial number. So... The information exchanged might be 59001 for your first contact, 59002 for the second and so on. The other station will supply their information as it relates to them. If they've been working hard, their number to you might be 59402 and the next number they'll use will be 59403 and so on. The process is known as giving out a number. Sometimes the information is the number of years you've been an amateur. Sometimes it's the ITU or CQ zone you're in. It depends on the contest. There are two basic ways you can participate, either by calling CQ or by searching and pouncing, and some do both, sometimes even at the same time. In the CQ participation, you find a clear frequency and call CQ, something like this. CQ contest, VK6, FLAB, Victor, Kilo, 6, Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Bravo contest. Rinse and repeat. If you're lucky, someone will come back to your call with their call sign, at which point you can send your numbers, they'll send theirs, and you start from the top. If you're searching and pouncing, you'll tune up and down the dial, looking for stations calling CQ. Wait until you hear the pause in their call and then throw your call sign into the gap, once. If they call your call sign, give out your number and you're done. The recommendation is to start at the top and scan down, then go back to the top and scan down again. That way you'll cover the whole band in a systematic fashion. Some other things to know. You should take note of the number sent and received as well as the station worked. This is called logging and it's a whole new topic all by itself. The contacts you made during a contest will count towards points if you decide to submit your log. These contacts will also count towards your DXCC, if you should choose to keep track of how many countries you've worked. I've stayed with the basics here to give you a taste of what it looks like. Have a go at a contest. They're on most, if not all, weekends, often more than one at the same time, all over the world. I'm ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima Alpha Bravo.
9: Special event stations, DX beacon repeater and net advice. New DXCC approvals. Some news from the AWL DXCC desk. AWL staff liaison Dave Patton, NN1N, reports that A52JR, 4W Stroke HP9FLX, 4W Stroke N1YC, and 4WP7T have all been approved for DXCC credit. If you have headcounts for these operations rejected in a recent application, please send an email to the AWL DXCC desk and you will be placed on the list for an update. British Antarctic VP8 could be on the air next year. An Australian-born, now UK, information technology professional, Cathy Collis, M0RTW, is headed for the British station on Adelaide Island in the Antarctic. Preparations are now being made to take up duty as the British Antarctic Survey Communications Officer at the Rothera Research Station, handling communications and IT support. Adelaide Island is south of the Falkland Island and southeast of the southernmost part of Chile, with summer temperatures typically in the range of freezing to 5 degrees Celsius. Cathy M0RTW tells us how the Chelmsford Amateur Radio Society... In particular, the very patient, experienced, and knowledgeable lead instructor, Murray Nimham, G6JYB, first helped with the foundation license and then ultimately the advanced amateur license. Last December, there has been plenty of amateur radio activity and skill building before leaving formal training at Cambridge for the Antarctic on October the 19th, to stay till March 2015. Ahead for the Antarctic team of five, and some are long hours talking to aircraft. Ships, boats and field parties. Kathy M0RTW, now runs a blog that will detail her time at Rothera Research Station in what she describes as an opportunity of a lifetime. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, vk 4 FUQ Inningham.
10: Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Brisbane, it can be heard on the Mount Glorious repeater, VK4RBN, on 147MHz at 8am. I'm Ann, VK4FAHF. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's CW. CW Operating Procedure. Following a suggestion by the IARU, the Icelandic Member Society IRA will present a paper at the upcoming Region One Conference on september twenty first to the twenty seventh concerning CW operating procedure. The paper will be presented by Villi TF three DX. So far, little has been done to promote the paper, but we feel that by making it known to the actual practitioners of CW, well, that would be important, especially now that general familiarity with the mode can no longer be assumed in the ham radio community. Having members of clubs dedicated to Morse tradition participate in the discussion with their national societies would lead to more meaningful stand taken one way or the other. Then, of course, this CW Operators Club comes to mind. In addition to the documents submitted to the IIAU Region 1 conference, you may find of interest the documents shown in links when you read this week's news, a text edition of the news at wia.org.au. And another news, AR New South Wales would like to advise listeners that the 3699kHz Morse transmission from VK2WI recommenced a couple of weeks ago. Additional speeds of 20 and 25 words per minute have been added, along with more text. It's a continuous service except on Sundays during the broadcast periods. Reports are most welcomed, which can be emailed to callbacks at arnewsouthwales.org.au. The VK2 RSY beacons on 2 and 70 will have new antennas installed when they are returned to service, and once there is a period of dry weather to enable that installation. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Sarah Brightman to start spaceflight training. In 2012, in conjunction with Virgin Galactic, the Brightman STEM Scholarship Program, that's Science, Technology, Engineering and Mathematics, was launched to help young women in the US pursue STEM education across their four-year college careers. Then her album Dream Chaser was released on 22nd of January 2013. She said... I don't think of myself as a dreamer, rather I'm a dream chaser. I hope that I can encourage others to take the inspiration of my journey both to chase down their own dreams and to help fulfill the important UNESCO mandate to promote peace and sustainable development on earth and from space. I'm determined that this journey can reach out to be a force for good, a catalyst for some of the dreams and aims of others that resonate with me. She intends to become the first professional musician to sing from space. It's not yet known whether she'll make any amateur radio contacts whilst on the ISS. In 1991, the first UK astronaut, Helen Sharman, was issued with a special call sign, GB1MIR, by the Radio Communications Division of the Department of Trade and Industry, and she was able to contact radio amateurs on Earth during her stay on the Mir Space Station. Worldwide, special interest groups, radio amateur old-timers. On October the 23rd, it's the Adelaide RAOTC Annual Luncheon. And a reminder to all you young folk to bring your seniors' cards because it's cheaper. It's at the Marion Hotel, 849 Marion Road, Mitchell Park. RSVP, so that they can ascertain numbers before the 21st of October, And your contact is Ron Coate, VK5RV. His email address, ron.coate at bigpond.com. Well, that's
0: all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. As time goes by, VK4BB rewinds to Ham Radio's Halcyon Days. A rewinding we go. United Kingdom's Science
1: Museum is in the final stages of preparation before the opening of Information Age. Six Networks That Changed Our World. It will be the first permanent gallery to be delivered under the Science Museum's new master plan, a 10-15 to year program that will transform the institution's buildings, displays and ways of working. Curated by Tilly Blythe, the Museum's Keeper of Science and Technology, the gallery, located in Exhibition Road, South Kensington, we'll explore the history of communication and information technology displaying more than 800 objects over six zones. The cable, the telephone exchange, broadcast, the constellation, the cell and the web. And it opens to the public October 25. Information Age is first and foremost about displaying and interpreting our historic collection. The gallery invites visitors to reflect on the long history of information networks, telling 21 incredible stories and showcasing some truly iconic objects. For example, you'll see the original instruments used to receive the first telegraph messages sent across the Atlantic in 1858, the BBC's first radio transmitter, 2LO, and the next computer, that's N-E-X-T computer, with which Tim Berners-Lee invented... The World Wide Web.
4: This is VK1WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions. www.wia.org.au.
1: On the social scene, as we wrap up this edition of WIA National News, this weekend has seen the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club's Sunfest, West Lakes Field Day, and Shepparton and Districts Amateur Radio Club's Hamfest. September 28 in VK3 is Melbourne Amateur Radio Technology Group's Hamfest, Keylaw East. And September 28 in VK4 is Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's Weekend at Camp Fairburn. October, October 3 in VK4, Townsville Amateur Radio Club's Cardwell Gathering. October 17 to 19, Worldwide it's Jota. October 23 in VK5, Adelaide's RAOTC Luncheon at the Marion Hotel Mitchell Park and October 25 in VK4 on the Gold Coast strip hamfest well till we see you again I'm Graham VK4BB and for all the rebroadcasters particularly the rebroadcasters and the people that edit up the local club news or the local state news which follows this we would direct you to the WIA broadcasters group we sent out a note through the week have a look at that that note from Phil and also from Phil our president On WIA front page news, just a little reminder about what is kosher when you're preparing your news services. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly.
0: From Australia, this has been VK1WIA. And the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24 7 at wia.org.au.